You're listening to the What the Chuck Podcast with Megan Rage. Can you believe that I'm almost at episode 50? What episode did that guy say that I wouldn't make it past? Was it 10 or 15? Man, I was really thinking about that last night. And I wanted to pull up my Twitter and unblock him and be like, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> Not safe for work, by the way. Don't listen to this in front of your kids. Or do. I don't care what, I don't care what type of parent you are. I wanted to unblock him and be like, hey, motherfucker, I'm on episode 44. So shove it where the sun don't shine. But I don't want him to think that I'm thinking about him. It just crossed my mind. There's a difference. But then again, I don't care. You know what I was also thinking about the other day? So do you remember in that episode, if you don't, I, I can recap, I guess. There's this radio guy that's basically said all the radio people, all these radio people are like stale ass retired radio people. I don't fucking know what he said. He just said, um, oh God, what did he say? I don't remember. It was so long ago, but he said I wouldn't make it past like episode 10 or 15. And he was super aggressive with me on Twitter. So I went after him and I basically made fun of like the logo on his Facebook and on his website and stuff. And unbeknownst to me, (laughs) this radio guy that I really like and um, respect listened to my podcast. I just feel like I know, obviously, I know way more people because I can see who's listening to it. Well, I can't see who you are, but I can see the numbers. Obviously, I know the amount of people that are listening, but there's like 10 of you that text me or like I can depend on that you're listening every week. And I don't really think much beyond that. So I definitely didn't think that this guy was listening to it, this like radio guy. So I put out that episode making fun of this, these, this guy's graphics and he commented on a post that I had put up about the episode and said, I made him those graphics. And I instantly felt really bad. He had made me graphics before in the past too. Like I just felt really guilty. And now I feel like that guy hates me. Like I apologize. And I said, look, I really respect you. I was just trying to be funny. You know, I was just digging at anything that I could. And he liked my comment and then does not interact with me at all anymore. Not on Instagram, not on Twitter, not on Facebook, not on nothing. And he totally used to. So that whole thing kind of blew up in my face, but I still want to unblock that guy and tell him to fuck off. I'm not going to, unless you guys tell me that I should. (laughs) And then I will. Anyways, I can't believe I'm already almost to episode 50. Like it's going to be there in no time. I feel like I'm going to hit episode 50 around the same time possibly that I started the podcast. All I know is that I'm getting to 50 and that's really exciting. I'm proud of myself for not skipping any weeks and staying consistent And I feel like I finally found my groove with a couple things. I've always said that over time, staples in this podcast will just happen. Like I've tried things out and they haven't stuck. And then I've tried things out that have stuck, like the Peloton statuses, sharing Instagram accounts that I like. But recently, what people really seem to like is the slideshow that I put on my Instagram at What the Chuck Podcast. I always put it up the day before the episode's released, normally after I record. And it's like, you know, when you, whenever I'm watching The Bachelor, I'm on Twitter, it's like tonight's episode with no spoilers. And it's normally a graph of like four different pictures, obscure pictures that have something to do with the episode. And if you watch the episode, you know exactly what they mean. But if you haven't, you don't. Well, I've been doing that. And so (laughs) Tuesday night, you'll see it go up and you're like, what in the world are all these random pictures? And then you listen to the episode on Wednesday and they all make sense. So I really like that I've been doing that. My friend Kaylin actually kind of gave me that idea. Okay, that's all. Not going to spend too much more time on that. Can I just tell you that without fail, something always happens the day that I record or the day the podcast is released. And I'm like, oh my God, why couldn't this have happened before I recorded? And last week it was Shrimp Gate. Shrimp Gate, the guy that found the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, 
cereal bag had an infestation of shrimp tails inside. And the reason that it took off, I feel at least, because you see stories all the time like bugs and lettuce bags or, you know, random things in other bags. Some guy found an earring. I, you, you know, you see things all the time. I feel like this one took off because... This guy was not only on the radio, so he had a following, but he's also married to Topanga, Daniel Fischel from Boy Meets World. So I just feel like he already had a following, which is kind of why it took off. And I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the memes. I was enjoying his commentary. I was enjoying the back and forth. And then my friend Lindsay sent me, she was like, FYI, all these women on Twitter came out and said, this guy's a creep. He tried to make me have a threesome with him and this other girl, or he touched me inappropriately, or he's a misogynist. And I was just like, okay, well, I guess that's it. We're done talking about that now. Always makes me wonder when things like that come out. Like, obviously, things kind of toned down after that. I didn't really see him posting too much more unless it's just not popping up in my feed. I never go to, I don't think I'm following him. I didn't go to his page to like follow up. But it makes me feel like all those accusations came out and he kind of piped down. And then it makes me think like, what does Daniel Fischel think? Does she know that he's a creep? Do girls that are married to creeps know that their husbands are creeps? Like, do they know and they're just ignoring it? Do they have no idea? Like, did she read those claims and think, holy shit, who are you? Or did she read them and think, oh, man, back in the day, you used to be a super creeper. Like, what does she think? What is what does anyone think when they find out their husband or their boyfriend is like a certified creep? Chuck's been meowing up the chimney lately. And today he was really going for it, like standing in the open fireplace. We don't have wood in it. We don't use them or anything. And he always looks up and meows. And I know the flu's closed, so he can't see. I mean, I don't know what he can see. I'm not sticking my head up there. But he like not climbed up it, but stood on his hind leg and put his front paws on the wall. And when he came back down, he had the biggest cobweb wrapped around his face. And he was freaking out because he couldn't get it off. And I was nervous because I didn't know if there was a spider attached to it. But he's like, moving his head all over the living room. And I was like, oh my God, it's just so cute. But poor guy, because I was wrapped in his whiskers. And I know that that is like how they find their balance and equilibrium. So I was like, let me get this off you. I got drunk on Saturday and for the first time in like a long time. And um, there was a lot of people over here watching UFC. And we were also doing a DIY project for something we have coming up. And fucking Benny, now that I have the door open, he can hear me. I just don't know. Brett's not home, so we can't distract him. It's like, what do I do? Um, So I got drunk for the first time in a long time, and everyone was yelling at the TV. The TV was loud. There was just a lot of commotion. Benny, shut up! Now I scared Chuck. Chuck's scared on Saturday night. He does not like the noise. He does not like anything that's going on. And so I crawl into a closet with him and I am sobbing uncontrollably. And then I come downstairs and everyone's like, what's wrong? It looks like you've been crying. And I'm like, I have Chuck scared and he's shedding and it's not the same. And I love him. And I hope that he knows that he's my number one, like ridiculous. I look back on it and I'm like, huh, that's why I don't drink that much anymore. <laughs> Everyone was like, yeah, we knew that you were drunk when you started crying. But also everyone was like, good for you. Let loose because I never let loose like that anymore. There's also been tons of like bugs in the house. There's like a fly that we can't catch or like some type of flying insect. There was a bee yesterday on the ground when I was cleaning up and I was like, holy shit. Chuck was meowing the other night and he was in this area. I wonder if he got stung by the bee. And I was like, God damn it. I was like, the doors were probably open. People were leaving sliders open and doors open. That's where all these there's all these bugs in the house. That's because I wasn't on patrol because I let loose. So I got to stay at tip top shape so I can run security around this joint when there's people here. When I say people too, 
just want to let you know, vaccinate everyone that was here is vaccinated, but also, well, at least the first half of their vaccine, but also it's the same people that we've been hanging out with the entire time. Like everyone that's in our bubble, you know, my brother, he lives on the same street, his wife, her family, that's who we were hanging out with. So before you try to like get all, before you try to come for me, take a shot every time I say that, come for me. I probably say it once an episode. How did I get here from shrimp gate? But the cereal thing, everyone was like, oh, now I can never eat cinnamon toast crunch again. And I feel like I did go through a small to cinnamon toast crunch craze, crave. I feel like I did phase. That's what I was looking for. A, a small cinnamon toast crunch phase when I was in high school, maybe. But I was never much of a cereal girl. Like I never craved milk and cereal. The only cereal that I really liked was Crispex which is like the lamest cereal ever. But when it was all crunchy right in the beginning and the cold milk was like seeping through the little crevices, oh, the best cereal. Do they even sell Crispix? Because I will battle the lactose intolerance to have a bowl of Crispix cereal with full fat milk. I posted about this last night because um, we watched it last night. Well, actually, I started to watch it on Sunday, but Brett had already gone to sleep. So I was like, I better stop watching it because Brett's going to want to watch this. I'm going to have to watch it all over again. So I watched half of it on Sunday and then stopped and watched it last night with Brett. It's Seaspiracy. I was seeing so many people post about it on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. So I started watching it. It's brand new on Netflix. It's a documentary. And that's really all I knew about it. It's this guy from England, and he initially goes out to make a documentary about, you know, sea life. He really loved going to like SeaWorld growing up, or he's from the UK, so whatever their equivalent is. And he always had an obsession with dolphins and whales, so he wanted to do this documentary. And, you know, when he started to do his research, all these things were in the news at the time about whales surfacing on the shore, and they were, you know, dead, full of plastic. So the documentary was initially going to be about, you know, plastics in the oceans. And once he started filming and like started doing research, he realized that a large portion or majority of the plastics that are washed up in the ocean are from fishing nets or fishing equipment. So this documentary is about commercial fishing, how sketchy and shady it is. And basically how that's killing off the ocean and going to eventually create the Dead Sea because there's so much what they call bycatch when they're fishing. Like they could be fishing for tunas, which are blue tunas, which are worth like millions of dollars. But when they cast their nets, they get sharks and, you know, all these other fish in the net and they're dead, most of them. And then they just throw them back into the water and keep what they were fishing for. And then they also catch sharks and cut off their fins for shark fin soup, which is like a status thing in China. Apparently, it has no nutritional value. It ha- it doesn't really taste like anything. And so this guy who's doing the documentary travels to all these different places. He goes to Japan. He goes to Hong Kong. He's in England. Um, he's in America talking to different people. And what he finds out is pretty shocking. So like, for instance, in England, there are a lot of cans of tuna at the store, just like we have here. But they say that they are dolphin safe on them. They have like this blue check mark, almost like a Twitter verification. And so it's saying that this can is dolphin safe. No dolphins were harmed in the making of this can of tuna or in catching the tuna for this can. It's a lie. It's a bold faced lie. And he actually goes and talks to the company that's responsible for printing that or giving out those verifications for the cans of tuna. And they say, there's no way that we can verify that it actually is dolphin safe. We do have people that go on these fishing boats kind of to like babysit in a way. I forget what they call them, like record that what they're what they're saying is true. 
chaperones. I forget what he called them, but they can be bribed. And so we really have no way of knowing. And this guy talks in circles about how, but it, it's still tuna safe. We have no way of knowing, but it's still tuna safe. And then he goes around and talks to people, government officials, people from Oceana about what sustainable fishing is. And they literally cannot answer it. Now, I want to warn you, it is pretty graphic. There's especially a graphic scene in the last 10 minutes um, where they go out and do a cove <clears throat> And lure a bunch of dolphins in and kill them because they're killing off the food, the fish that they're trying to catch, which I believe is salmon in that area. I'm not a biologist or what a marine biologist or whatever. I don't know about all the sea life. But what I do know is it makes me want to eat less fish because I am a fish eater and I love it. But that documentary made me really sad and also was really eye opening. They basically said that there could be like little to no fish in the ocean by 2048. I also do understand that documentaries are biased, all of them, but some of this is undeniable. Like there is slave fishing going on. I want to say it was in Thailand where they hold people, they lure them onto the boats and hold them hostage and make them work for nothing to catch shrimp. They basically say that it's the equivalent of blood diamonds. And he sat down, he um, shielded their identity. They did interviews and they talked about how they were tortured and what they were put through when they were living on these shrimp boats for like six, seven, eight years at a time. I've been seeing a lot of TikToks. My friend Amanda sent me one. Her, I was talking to her and my sister-in-law about this and they hadn't seen it yet. So they were arguing all these different points. And I was like, just Watch the documentary and then let's talk about it, which was just last night. And then this morning, Amanda sent me this TikTok and it was this girl who was like talking about all the holes in the documentary. But I feel like she didn't watch it. She basically said that the documentary was trying to sway people into going plant-based, fully plant-based. He never says anything about that. He doesn't really, I mean, there is some talk of other animals at the end, but it's really when this guy who's a fisherman is comparing, like he said, I'd rather kill one whale than kill 200 chickens. I'd rather, he's like, I'd rather kill one thing than 200 things. It's really the only talk of other meats. And there is a girl at the end who makes plant-based seafood, who talks about, you know, living plant-based, but this guy never tries to push any agenda besides eating less fish. So this girl was trying to say that he's trying to push a plant-based diet, and that's really what is happening with this documentary, but that's not the case at all. And then she also talks about sustainable fishing. I still haven't heard one good example of what sustainable fishing means, not from government officials, not from Oceana. He even sits down and talks to this um, foundation that he donates to, and they're all about ocean conservation and not using plastics and not using plastic straws and, you know, carrying your own bags to the grocery store and they make him turn off the camera when he talks about well what about just eating less fish why don't you put that on your website considering that a majority of the plastics that are found in the ocean are from fishing and she's like turn off the camera and you still hear a little bit of conversation after that but it's just like what what's happening here and I freaking love sushi it is my number one favorite food in life but now I'm like I mean, I need to eat less of it. Hold on. I think Benny needs to take a shit. He thinks it's a game. I let him out. I was going to take him outside and he grabs a toy and runs for me and is barking at me. And I understand that he wants to play. You know, I was just in such a good mood. God damn it. I get so I'm getting so frustrated with this dog because I don't know what to do with him. Like 
I take him outside and he's scared of the wind and he just runs right back in the garage and my allergies are killing me when I'm out there with him. And so I try to run around with him. We do our tricks around the pool. I come back inside and like our trainer said, don't play inside the house. Like, you know, don't throw toys. Well, how else am I supposed to wear him out? So we're in the house and he lays down for a little bit, but then he gets zoomies all the time and he's just zooming around the house. And I he's going crazy right now because I just put him in his in his like he had the playpen I put him in the crate and I shut the door and so he's pissed and I feel bad but it's like I have shit to do like I I don't know I really hope that this calms down in the next month because when I start work like Brett can't always handle this I can't be dealing with with this when I'm working from home like he needs to fucking think I cannot the real raw frustration I can't deal with it like my patience is so thin some days I just don't I'm I don't know what else to do I don't know how to tire him out what am I supposed to be doing with him that will tire him out I don't know I feel like people have been listening to this podcast like my friend Jen she hit me up and she was like I feel like the anxiety that you have over this dog gives me anxiety feeling like you always have to be doing something with it and I know that we should just ignore it like I, I'm like I am right now he's crying and I'm just ignoring it like he needs to figure it out but it's I my days are consumed by this dog And that's partially because Brett is a clean freak. And so like I don't I carry the burden of if there's any accidents, it's going to stress him out. And so that stresses me out. It's like a domino effect. So I'm always like, I got to make sure Benny goes out so he doesn't go to the bathroom inside. Last night we were trying to watch Seaspiracy and I could tell Brett was just watching him like a hawk and making sure he didn't squat anywhere or pee anywhere or poop anywhere. And I was like, just pay attention to the TV. I was like, he's not going to do anything that he's not supposed to right now. We just took him out to the bathroom, but it's like a constant worry for Brett, which makes me worry about it. I wish there was something I could do to tear, to tire him out during the, like, I wish, I, I wish I had the answer, but I just don't. We play with him plenty. I take him outside. We do our tricks around the pool. We do name, name recall. And I just don't know what else to do. And some days are easier than others. When we had our little bubble over here this weekend, that tired him out because there's people here. But it's just so hard when I'm trying to get something done and Brett's not here. I just like, ugh. <sighs> some days I'm like, this was a mistake. And I, you know, I'm starting to really, I don't want to say I love him yet. I'm not there yet. I do. I am starting to like feel a bond with him. Obviously nowhere near what I feel with Chuck. But some days I'm like, was this a mistake? <laughs> I feel like I jinxed myself too. Like I just said, oh, he's kind of starting to calm down. And he hasn't. And then I also put up that sign. You could see it on my Instagram. You know how at Costco you go to the register and there's like a sign on the back wall and it's like 56 days since we had our last accident. Actually, last time I went to Costco after I posted that, I didn't see that sign there anymore. I was like, oh, Benny hasn't had an accident inside for over a week. So I made it on the whiteboard. I was actually going to make it on my little felt sign that I have in the guest bedroom. And then, of course, that day he had an accident because I got the vacuum cleaner out and I was vacuuming and he was scared and it was loud and I had him locked up. And then the next day, he peed again. I'm like, oh, we're going backwards. I can't take it. But I feel like I jinxed myself because I said no accidents. And I said, oh, he's calming down a little bit. Wrong. The barking thing, too. I know he thinks I'm playing because like when he barks, I say no. But he thinks that I'm like, he's not doing it in a, in a vicious way. He's like, he thinks I'm playing. I don't know how to get him to realize that I'm not playing. I'm saying it in a stern voice. I mean, you can tell that I'm hyped up right now. So I freaking mean it. There's no way I could jump back into what I was talking about with Seaspiracy. It's so annoying because my train of thought and I was interrupted. But you should definitely watch it. It is very eye-opening. I don't know how it's going to change me. I That's the thing. As I was telling Brett last night, ignorance is bliss. It's obviously no way to live, but I almost wish that I wouldn't have watched it because now I'm like, fuck, I never want to eat 
fish again. I never want to eat sushi again. But if I watched a documentary about chickens or about cows, I'm sure I would feel the same way. But I'll tell you one thing, I'm not going to be getting any more Trader Joe's salmon, at least not for a while. So just beware. I think that it's important that everyone watches it. But and if you have watched it and you feel like there were flaws in some of the statistics, that's the thing is I've read some articles that are like it's flawed. And but it's I mean, there he, he was going undercover. We were seeing what these people were doing. We're seeing how commercial fishing works. And anyone that objects or observes and says that they're going to whistleblow gets thrown overboard in the sea, never to be seen again. So, I mean, you can tell me that some of the numbers were maybe not completely accurate, but you can't tell me that what I was seeing in this documentary wasn't true. I feel defeated right now. I was so excited to record this podcast, and now I'm just, I can hear Benny screaming in the background. (sighs) Let's take a deep breath, everyone. In through the nose, out through the mouth. I feel like I need to do a Peloton meditation with Cody Rigsby after this. Speaking of, I wasn't going to get into this right now. There were some fire Peloton statuses this week. I feel like I was lacking there for a couple weeks. Like they were just kind of meh. But holy shit, I got some good ones for you this week. Okay, official Peloton member page. Here we go. Rusty posted, longtime reader, first time posting, which I love. We were supposed to have a Tread Plus delivered today, but the delivery guy called after saying we were going to put a put the tread on the third floor. And he said, we don't deliver to the third floor. He said the tread weighs over 400 pounds and that it might go through the floor. Here's my dumb question. Has anyone had their tread go through the floor? We can figure out the delivery of it all, but now I may be irrationally concerned that this thing is so big, it's going to crash through. We have a Peloton up there already. I don't know. Just curious to hear what everyone thinks. Love the Peloton right on. Someone commented and said, I just got lost in this thread for no reason. I don't have a third floor and I don't have a tread. Someone commented, who had, will my Peloton fall through the floor on their bingo card? This comment, though, might be the best. It has over 200 likes. I used to be an apartment manager. We used to weigh people before letting them live in the third floor in case they were too heavy and went through the floor, like totally sarcastic. Someone else commented, so they won't fall through the second floor, but they can go through the third floor? Sounds legit. This next post comes from the official Peloton women's page posted by Misty. I'm so sick of the rich bitch comments I get about owning a Peloton. Never fails. How do you stay so thin? I ride my Peloton seven days a week for 45 minutes a day, non-negotiable. Oh, you're one of those rich people. How does a $2,500 bike, which I chose a zero interest affirm $45 a month payment option, make me a rich bitch? I'm in the best shape of my life. Now, there were actually a lot of positive comments under this post. It just seemed a little braggadocious to me. And also I went to her page and she looks like a rich bitch. (laughs) Like it looks like she brags about a lot of nice things that she buys, which makes me feel like the tone of this post is to brag, which it's a weird place to do it in the official Peloton women's group when most of the people there probably have a Peloton. Now, I don't have the Peloton Plus that she has, rich bitch. I'm so glad that I took screenshots of the other one because as per usual, they are gone from Facebook. And the one that I really wanted to talk about is the lady with all the birds. This one's a long one. No more pet posts on Peloton. I have to share this with everyone because it's absolutely ridiculous. We all know our bikes aren't cheap, but we sure love them. I personally had nothing but excellent experiences with Peloton and their customer service in my years owning a bike. Every month or so, I post photos of my rescue Mac 
macaws. They look like parrots. Macaw, macaws, dancing with me on the rides. They love it. They are with me when I ride probably 95% of the time. My parrots, oh, she actually says parrots there. My parrots aren't on my bike ever. Shoot, I hardly even let my own kids look at my bike, let alone touch it. But the birds love being on their stands, just dancing away to rides, as you've probably all seen me post on multiple occasions. We all love posting our hashtag pillow pets, right? I always post them on the official Peloton, Peloton member page, and I always receive the kindest, most genuine comments, just like all the animal photos do. They bring smiles to all of us members, especially those with pets. Well, I posted these photos yesterday, and the admin denied them four times. I figured it had to be a mistake, but nope, no more pillow pets, everyone. Why? Read below. This all stems from the lady who put her infant on a Peloton tread and the baby died. Horrible story. Terrible, terribly tragic. But what the ever-loving crap does that have to do with my parrots? Safety on their own stands dancing on the bike next to me. My parrots are rescues and it makes them happy. It makes me happy. It makes others happy. They love to dance while I ride. This infuriated me. But God forbid, I'm such a violator. Sorry, but personally, I would never put an infant on on or near a treadmill, just me and 99% of other humans. But please explain what that has to do with my parrot safety on their stands, dancing with me on my bike out of joy. Go ahead and take happiness away from people, Peloton. Great marketing plot. And thanks to everyone for not replying to me personally or giving me any kind of reasonable explanation, even though I've been a loyal, loving, and truly dedicated customer. The least you could have done was send me an explanation when I asked. Just wow. I feel very compelled to share this with all of you, not just as a social media influencer, but because I know how much you truly love your pillow pets and I adore seeing all of your pet posts. This is out of line in my opinion love beth sullivan jacksonville florida and then she puts a screenshot of the admin team declined your post and the official peloton member page and her original post is you know her with all of her parrots naming them giving the age the female what kind of breed they are and the pictures are like really airbrushed they are a bit excessive i posted them on my instagram so you can see them at what the chuck podcast I feel like they don't in the screenshot. She doesn't give an explanation, but I recently posted Benny on the page. So I feel like they're not denying. I, did she jump to that conclusion? She says in one hand, this is what they told me. And then she says in another hand that they're not giving her any explanation. So I just don't understand. But there was something in the news where someone's kid was like left unattended, I guess, and died. Um, due to the Peloton treadmill, which is a very heavy machine. My dad texted me that night and was like, did you see what's on the news, Peloton? I don't know why he's always hating on my Peloton. He's like, did you see what's on the news again? Peloton, don't let any kids or any of your animals near the Peloton. And I was like, well, first of all, I have a bike. That was a tread. It's a lot. It's, I mean, of course, it's still heavy, but it's not going to fall over. What are they going to do? Get on the bike? And he's like, well, you could be pedaling. I'm like, they're they're scared of it. But this girl with her parrots are just extra like, okay, po- post them somewhere. Join, a, join the Pelo Pets page. You don't need to post them on the, like, put, you're an influencer, right? Post them on your own damn page. All right, on to the next. Elizabeth wrote, when initially joining this community, I was ecstatic to have found a group of like-minded people with similar goals using the same equipment. What I've come to discover, especially after this afternoon, is that this community isn't a safe place or a supportive fitness group for those using Peloton equipment. This community is shown to be hateful and seem to only support those that are just starting their fitness journey, not when one has already achieved their goals. There's a huge double standard here. It's one thing to not like something and keep scrolling, but take time to write out hateful and hurtful 
hurtful comments and to take the time out to be internet troll, to be an internet troll is ridiculous. What does one gain from that? The satisfaction of thinking that you've possibly hurt someone's feelings? Doesn't that contradict the point of this community and belonging to a group like this? Just another Peloton member realizing that the official Facebook group is, quote, not a safe place. So Benny fell in the pool this weekend. If you follow my Megan Rage Radio Instagram page, you saw it. Brett was outside doing yard work and he pulled the hose out of the hot tub when he was like cleaning it. And Benny got scared of the hose and walked. I don't know. Brett's back was turned and I didn't see it. Brett basically heard a little poop into the pool and turned around and he was swimming. Brett should have let him swim to the stairs instead of grabbing him out because I guess he was headed towards the stairs. But Brett just grabbed him out and he, oh God, he was just clinging onto Brett's leg. We had just given him a bath the day before too, damn it. It was just the funniest, cutest little thing to see him out there soaking wet. Just like, I can't wait to introduce him to the pool. Hopefully that didn't scar him for life. It doesn't seem like it. He's still very curious. Like when I throw the ball in the backyard, sometimes it goes into the pool and he... He like he doesn't chase it into the pool, but he's also not terrified. Like he kind of sniffs around the edge of the pool. Also, last week after I had done the podcast, another thing that happened is I had been upstairs doing my radio show and I come downstairs and I was like, Benny's being quiet. He's like, oh, yeah, he's in his crate. I gave him a chicken bone. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I gave him one of the chicken bones. I was like, Brett, I told you last week he cannot have cooked bones. And Brett was like, I don't remember you telling me that. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. So I'm freaking out. I text uh, my sister group and I was like, what should I do? They were like, just watch him, watch him. I was Googling things left and right. And it was like, you know, look through their poop. Take Some were saying, take him to the vet immediately. Some were taking, saying monitor his stool. And so I'm like having the worst anxiety, stressing out about this, watching his every move. Like, do you think he's in pain? Like, oh my God, what's happening? Is it tearing up his intestines? And the next day I go outside and he poops and it looks red. And I'm like, oh my God, his stool's red. I'm freaking out. I'm like, I'm going to take him to the vet. And Brett was like, I gave him a carrot. It's orange from the carrot. Every little thing that he did was making me nervous. And I guess now it's been a week and he's not dead. Nothing's happened. So yay for our first crisis, I guess. I was like, Brett, Oh, let's just like, first of all, let's not give him table food, but also like, let's just play it safe for a while. And if you ever want to give him anything, just Google it first to see if he's able to have it. But let's keep it minimal, you know? And then a couple nights ago, he's like, can I give him the pork chop bone? I'm like, no, no cooked bones and definitely not a pork chop bone. Those are so sharp. It's like a full time job watching the animals and then making sure Brett doesn't kill them when I'm not watching them. I'm like, Brett, when I'm gone, take him out to the bathroom. Make sure your eyes are on him in the backyard. Make sure he doesn't eat rocks. Are you listening? Are you listening? I feel like I'm a helicopter pet mom. There's been so many times where I like leave the house and I'm like, if you're doing yard work, like make sure you shut the garage door, like make sure you're watching Chuck. And I was just saying to my friend Amanda on Sunday, cause we left the house for a little bit. I'm like, I used to just worry about Chuck. Cause Brett is always like, Brett, Chuck could come out into the garage. And I'm like, no, he can't go into the garage. Cause what if one day we open the door to the garage and the garage door is open and Chuck comes running out there and then gets scared and we lose him. Like I'm just overthinker. I was saying to Amanda on Sunday, I used to just worry about Chuck when I left the house. Now I worry about Chuck Brett and Benny when I leave the house. Let me give you a little update on bite. So I was having a great experience, right? I had this rep, Connor, and he was my rep through the process of submitting my impressions. He contacted me asking how it was going. And like he was just, he texted, it was a text line. And so, and I could tell that it was a real person, not a bot. It was really great. And then my impressions came through and they were great. They didn't need to be redone. And so I get a new rep that's now onto the next stage of the bite process, and her name's Brittany. Well, let me tell you, I did not like that bitch Brittany from Bite. 
I felt like she was pushy. So let me just read you some of these texts. So initially I got a text from her that said, hi, this is your personal bite advisor, Brittany. I'm reaching out on behalf of our smile team to give you the great news that your impressions have been approved. Congrats. Please share with me your primary concern with your smile and also if it would help to send payment information to you. Looking forward to being part of your bite journey. So anyways, I tell her what I'm trying to fix. And then she asks me, what plan am I wanting to go with? So there's daytime aligners that you wear for 22 hours. And then there's strictly nighttime aligners that you wear for 10 hours every night. And I just feel like I'm going to be home. I might as well knock it out a little quicker and wear the 22 hours. I always had that plan in mind. So this is the text that she sends me, though. I had already done my research and knew the two different options, but she said, Daytime aligners require 22 hours of wear, whereas the nighttime program just requires 10 hours of wear at night. I always recommend the nighttime program for for patients that talk a lot throughout the day for work or school. I also would recommend maybe the nighttime option if you happen to be a snacker like me or drink a lot of coffee, soda, or tea throughout the day. The nighttime just makes it so much more convenient because you don't have to worry about taking uh, taking the aligners out of your mouth all day long. Much more hygienic, too. Both will give you the same result. Okay, a lot of things to unpack here. While I do talk a lot during the day, I know from all the people that have done Bite or Invisalign or Smile Direct that you do talk funny at first, but then you get over it. Like you learn how to talk. And I don't really care if I have a lisp while I'm talking on the phone in my new position. Obviously, I would take them out during my radio show, but my radio show takes me, what, like 30 minutes every single day. So not a big deal. Also, I am not a snacker during the day and I don't I drink a cup of coffee in the morning, but I don't drink soda. I don't drink tea. I drink a ton of water every day. So also not a concern. I felt like it was really weird that she was talking about how the all day use was not as hygienic as the nighttime. Like, why are you saying something negative about your own product? And also, why are you pushing the nighttime so hard? I didn't I didn't I didn't understand what was happening. So I was like, is there a price difference between the two? I said I was originally thinking the 22-hour option, but you kind of have me thinking twice about that. Just because initially I was like, wait, her tone really seemed like she was leaning towards the nighttime. And then I said, how much longer does strictly nighttime prolong the treatment? And she said, LOL, honestly, maybe one to two weeks. It's pretty minimal, but it's way more convenient, whichever's best for you. And at this point, I was getting like a really weird vibe. So I again asked how much the cost or what the price difference was. And she said that the 10 hour wear is $22.95 while the all day wear is $1,800. And I'm like, okay, well, they obviously must make some sort of commission or this must be like a sales department instead of my bite, my bite professional or my bite assistant. Like she must be getting something for selling me the one that that cost more. And so I was like, okay, well, I mean, for that much of a price difference, I said, I'm at home all day. I'm really not worried about having to wear them all day. So I just said, I'll wear them all day if that's going to lower my price. And then she just sent me all the details for the price, like no more smiley faces, no more pleasantries. Like she was annoyed that I was picking the one that costs less, which really bothered me. Like I was thinking about just canceling it all. And then I was like, you know, fuck that. I'm not going to let her like change my experience because this is significantly cheaper than anything else that I've looked into. And I kept investigating, kept reading reviews and the feedback just seemed so great. So I was like, I'm not going to let her taint this experience for me. I'm just going to power through and then hopefully I get another representative once I 
actually start the process because clearly she's in some sort of like sales role, like I said. And she kept saying, whichever's easiest for you. So after I told her I wanted to do the all day wear, she sent me another text. Also, I just got approval to offer you 150 off the nighttime only if you wanted to go that route. It would be 21.45, but no pressure either way. I said, I really don't mind wearing them all day. And the fact that the all day wear is cheaper as well is just like a no brainer for me. And she said, sounds great. And then she just gave me a bunch of sounds good the rest of the day. And that that day I told her I was going to have to get back to her. And I was expecting her to follow up the next day and be like all over my ass. And she didn't. I actually think I didn't end up texting them back until two days later. And I was shocked that she didn't come after me. Like she, she didn't want the sale unless it was the nighttime wear. That's the only thing that I will have to say. And I plan on giving them feedback when they ask because I really didn't like the way that she, I didn't like the way she was talking to me. So I finally reached back out to her and I said, okay, I'm ready to get started. Also, I want to use the code not skinny, but not fat for an extra hundred dollars off my aligners. And she said, hi, I tried that code, but it's invalid. And I said, well, that's weird because I initially heard about Bite through through this girl's podcast and she just posted about it again today. I said, can you receive pictures? And she said, yeah. So I sent a screenshot of not skinny, but not fat. She had just posted that day and she said, it doesn't work. But I just received approval for a different code. I said, okay, well, I'll have to let her know about that. I'll have to send her a DM and hope that she sees it because she talks about it nonstop on her IG. Like, bitch. And so I really did send not skinny, but not fat a DM. And I was like, I just want to let you know that they said that your code isn't valid. She didn't write me back. She didn't even see it. I've, I've DM'd her like four times now. She's never seen any of them. Maybe one day she'll open it up and see all the other messages. But it like really fired me up that she said that her code didn't work because legit she talks about it all the time on her Instagram. So then this Britney girl was giving me one word responses. And then I said like, okay, she sent me my confirmation code. And I said, thanks, I appreciate it. And she said, you bet. Ew, Britney from Bite is a bitch. I'm not about her life. So the process started out great. Then it got a little shifty. And now I'll keep you posted as we go forward. Obviously, they give you a new person through each stage. So I can't wait to get rid of her and be on to the next. And I need the next person to have Connor's energy. OK, because we loved Connor. Like, I am not the one because I will write a lengthy review about my experience. I've had to get ready a couple times lately. Once for my job interview. Yeah, that's the last time I put on makeup. And then yesterday I had to get ready because I was interviewing Jasia and she is a brand new artist discovered on TikTok. So about a month ago, she was inspired by the TikTok sound. That's like um, there's always an ugly girl or not every friend group is all pretty. Like there's got to be an ugly one or something. And she thought to herself, well, all of my friends are really pretty. So am I the ugly one? And she was uh, already an artist. She lives in Canada. She had one song previously on the radio, but it wasn't like everywhere. I think it was just in Canada, like locally where she's from. But she has a really good voice. And so she heard that clip and then she thought that she wasn't the pretty one. So she sang a song on TikTok and it said, maybe I'm not pretty. Maybe I'm just fun fun because I got a belly because I got a bum. Look it up, Jasia, I'm not pretty. And so Elijah Woods, who's a music producer, he picked up the song, put a beat to it. And then the next thing you know, she signed to Republic Records and she's this huge TikTok t- sensation. Her music is being, being played on the radio. So um, I got to interview her yesterday, which I was pretty excited about just because she is brand new. So it's fun to interview new artists before they're like tainted by the industry. I feel like I was a little bit too excited though yesterday. I'll get to that. I did my makeup up yesterday and I was humming her song the entire the entire time you hear that song once and it just gets stuck in your head like it's just one of those songs it's so catchy but 
I don't know what the makeup trends are anymore. I've been seeing all these things on TikTok where like we don't foundation diamonds under our eyes. We just put it in certain spots and we don't do this and we don't do that. Like help. How have the makeup trends changed when no one's been doing their makeup in quarantine? I don't understand. So now I have to buy all new shit and I have to learn how to do my makeup differently. I don't understand. Can I get a tutorial? Can someone send me some YouTube videos? Because I don't know what's happening. Where do I put the bronzer? Where do I put the foundation? Where do I put the highlight? Because apparently everything's changed. I was just getting it down and now everything's changed. So I come in to do the interview and I start Googling like, is natural sunlight supposed to be behind me or in front of me? And so it's supposed to be in front of me. So I'm like, fuck, my desk is set it, is set up to where the natural light's behind me. So I was like, I'm going to change everything. So I was like, Brett, help me intro- improvise. So we got a hamper. We got a um, Benny's like dog bag box thing that I keep all of his supplies in. And then I put my computer on top of that. I'll put a picture of what the Chuck podcast so that you can see. And it was all great. The lighting was so much better. But then I realized I, number one, had to stand. And number two, I didn't have any place to pl- put my questions. So I taped them to the blinds. Like five minutes before the interview starts, I start to panic because I realize this is not a good situation. Like I don't want to be standing. I've never done an interview like that. Normally you're sitting and like relaxed. I I started to panic, but it was too late. Like I couldn't switch anything. So I started the interview and my energy was just nervous because for no other reason, but because my setup was different and I just felt weird standing. I didn't know what to do with my hands. I felt like I was fidgeting too much. So it wasn't the best, although I did watch it back today and edit it and it did. I mean, it was good, but I just feel like I was, first of all, I I feel like I was really obsessing over her. I feel like I was just being overly friendly, put it like that. Like, but I was just like, girl, you're the best. I love your music. You're going to go like I was just gushing over her a little too much. And that's because I couldn't see my notes very clearly. And so for filler space, when I was trying to think of the next thing that I wanted to say, I was just complimenting her too much. And so after the interview was done, I was like, fuck this. I was like, that did not go well. I was like, Brett, let's go to dinner somewhere because my makeup's on. I'm dressed like, let's fucking do something. And he was like, "Okay, where should we go? And we couldn't figure out what we wanted to eat. So many places are closed on Mondays downtown. So we went to Maya on K Street right by the IMAX. We parked in the parking garage. And I say that because it's important. Parked in the parking garage, get the ticket. I'm like, we have to bring it with us. So you carry it in your wallet or in your little like phone case thing. So he has one of those wallets that connect that's connected to his phone case. So it keeps the ticket super straight. So he just tucked it in behind his driver's license. We go to dinner. We sit down. We order an appetizer, like some chips with some sort of sauce and cheese on them. Like it was the best thing ever. And I'm glad that it was good because I'd been craving ceviche because my sister-in-law's family makes the bombest ceviche. Little did I know later I was going to be watching Seaspiracy and find out that shrimp is like they're basically like blood diamonds. And those are the people that are on the slave ships. And I was like, God damn it. I just ordered all this shrimp, a full plate of shrimp for my dinner. Had I have known, I would have picked something else. And had I have known what it was going to taste like, I would have picked something else. So I've been craving it. So I ordered the ceviche. It was not good. Not good at all. I didn't like it one freaking bit, but we still had a nice time just sitting outside and chatting. And it was like, 5 30 when we were finally done with dinner like we went so early no I lie maybe it was 6 30 even though the dinner wasn't good it was still a nice time I did pack up my leftovers because I bought a bunch of tostadas so I was like I'll just eat this even though it's not the best I mean it wasn't terrible but it I wish I would have gotten something else so I package it up and I was like I'll eat this for lunch tomorrow and we leave we were there not a long time at all it's so funny we can sit inside now but we were like can we sit outside because it was such a nice day so we walk over to the parking meter thing to pay our parking ticket to go back up into the garage 
And both of the machines are spitting the ticket out, not saying anything. They're just spitting the ticket out. Nothing's coming up on the screen. And Brett was like, maybe it's free. And I was like, no, parking garages like this are never free. And it's connected to the Hyatt. Like, there's no way. So Brett was like, let's just get in the car and try to leave and see what happens. So we get in the car. I'm driving. We put the ticket in and it shoots it back out and said, card is unreadable. Okay, I'm going to put the card on What the Chuck podcast so you can see how like in perfect condition it is. There's no reason that it should have been unreadable. So luckily there's a call button and I get this woman on the on the other side and she's like, this is going to be monitored or whatever. So I explain the situation. The second that she starts talking back to me after I'm done explaining what is happening, I was like, I put it in two different machines. It spit it back out. Now it's saying it's unreadable. I said it's literally in perfect condition. As she starts to talk back to me, about eight kids on skateboards are coming down through the parking garage. So I can't hear anything she's saying. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. You're just gonna have to wait. And I can hear that she's still talking. I'm like, ma'am, I can't hear you. You're gonna have to wait. She asks all this information, all the numbers on the card. And then she tells me it's gonna be $8, which is wrong because we were only there for an hour, but whatever. Brett was like, it's not $8, it's six. I was like, Brett, I don't care. We're paying an extra $2. Like, I don't care. I just wanna get out of here. And so I put the card in and it says like, it says that's unreadable. And I was like, it's not working. And she was like, try to put it in a different way. I said. I'm putting it in exactly how the picture shows. And so then she has to reset it so that I can put it in again because the amount disappeared. And I was like getting frustrated. She was like, well, wipe off the strip. And I was like, I know how to put in a credit card. I'm like, I want to get out of this parking garage. I'm starting to feel claustrophobic, even though we're in the car. Like, I'm just like, let me out. Isn't there a button that you can push? Like, it's it's fucking six dollars. Like, let me out. Obviously, I wasn't cussing at her. And she was like, ma'am, I'm just going to reload the system and try putting your card with the strip at the top to the left. And she's like, but wipe it off first on your on your pants. I was using Brett's card before, which he has been having problems with. So I pulled my card out and it worked and the fucking thing went up and I gunned it out of that parking garage. I've never had something happen like that before, but they need to have a better system. Like there always needs to be a parking attendant in those garages. Like who was I talking to? Why couldn't they just open it? It I, I mean, it took like 10 minutes to resolve this issue. Like what if there were cars backing up behind me? There just seems like there's got to be a better way to do that. So if anyone works for the city of Sacramento, that's my suggestion. Put it in the box. You know what random food is so freaking addicting? <sighs> Once I eat one, I can't stop. Croutons. My stepmom made a salad over here like weekend before last and she left like the, the remnants, the salad remnants, like sunflower seeds and croutons. And the other day I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. I just need a bite of something. I had a crouton. Croutons are the freak. I could eat them like chips. They are so good. That's all I have to say about that. I just wrote down croutons in my podcast notes for today because I wanted all of you to know how much I love croutons. Any kind, too. There was this TikTok that was sent in my sister group last week or maybe the week before. I don't really remember. But it was this guy and he was on the phone and he was going like giving trying to spell something out and he was going like I is for Isabel B is for beeswax like just saying really obscure things and I was like that is so me Brett always makes fun of me because whenever I'm doing that over the phone I say the strangest things so we were talking about this in the group and in the sister group they also sent me the phonetic alphabet and I was like no way do people actually go off of this graph it's A is for alpha B is for bravo some of these are so weird though like 
I is for India, J is for Juliet, K is for Kilo, L is for Lima, P is for Papa. I'm sorry, I refuse to say Papa. I was friends with this girl on Instagram forever. Now we met in real life. She works for the same company that I just got hired for. And so we all went to dinner the other night and she used to do the job that I'm going to do. So I was asking her questions and I asked her about this and she was like, yeah, you're definitely going to have to use that. You can't just use like random things. And I'm like, what? So I'm going to have to say P is for Papa, Z is for Zulu. What is a Zulu even? Like what? I I am going to rewrite the phonetic alphabet with words that are not off the wall, but more up-to-date suggestions. I'm going to work on that this week and come back next week with um, an all-new list because this one is trash and it's old. And I feel, I mean, we should keep some of them. Like A is for alpha, B is for bravo. But I feel like I'm going to have to print this out. Like if this is the universal alphabet that I need to go off of, like I'm never going to remember this. I need to print it out and put it on a wall so that I can use it. Otherwise, I'll be saying P is for pomegranate. I feel like I told you guys a couple weeks ago about how I tried like the sticker nail polish. I don't want to, I don't know. It's not really like a sticker, but it kind of is. I'm cool with getting my toes done, but getting a manicure, I just don't know if I'm ever going to go back to that life, which is why I'm so excited that I actually tried Color Street. I was so like, I don't want to say against it for the longest time, but I just didn't understand the hype until I tried it. Now I'm obsessed with it. It's nail polish that you stick on kind of like stickers and then you just file the excess off and it looks super cute like a gel manicure and it stayed on me for like four weeks. I am so happy that I found it because it looks like an at-home manicure and it's easy and it's so much cheaper. So I just buy the colors from my friend Caitlin and so many people have been complimenting me on my nails. So I just wanted to share her Instagram so that you could see the different colors that she sells. It's Caitlin.Claws, but Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N-S dot Claws. And she sells Color Street and it's just amazing. And it's a great way to do an at-home manicure, whether you have short nails or long nails, whether you have big nail beds or small ones, they're really like pliable so you can make you can make them work. And Caitlin's really great. She shows like tutorial videos on how to do certain things. And um, I'm just really happy that I found it. I was going to do a review of the guys from Katie's Bachelorette season, but I'm still working on my website. It has been such a nightmare. Like I reached out to WordPress.com and they're like, you need to re reach out to WordPress.org, who then told me I needed to reach out to GoDaddy. So it's just such a cluster. I'm really hoping that I get it figured out this week. Before I start my new job, I really just want things to like be in place by the time I start. So I'm going to be working on it heavy. We still have a while till the season starts. So don't worry. We are going to review the guys. The last thing that I'm going to talk about today is the Waffle Experience story. So I posted that something crazy happened at Waffle Experience. I feel like everyone, even though I said clearly in the, in the comment that I we never made it inside, I feel like people thought that the issue that we had was with the service. A lot of people said, I, t I call it terrible experience. A lot of people had something to say about the waffle experience and how they don't have great experiences there, but we never made it inside. So here's what happened. My friend Amanda came for the night. She moved to Fresno um, and she tries to make it here whenever she can. And so she came this weekend and we were like, Sunday, let's wake up and go to brunch now that we can sit inside places. So we tried to go to the Mimosa house near me but the line was insane. So she was like, hmm, where else could we go? So she started pulling it up on, I don't know, an app. And she basically said, oh, we can get onto the waiting list at the Waffle Experience. Have you ever been there? And I was like, no, I've always wanted to go there so bad. Like, yes, let's do it. And she said, OK, I can put our name down. And it says it'll be like 45 minutes or something like that. So we drive to Waffle Experience. We park kind of out of the way because there's a ton of people in the parking lot, like standing around. And it's in Folsom. And Folsom is strange. There's it's like 
half the population is wearing a mask and appreciate you wearing a mask and the other half of the population is not wearing a mask and they look at you like you're an alien for wearing a mask. So it's like this really strange place to be. So I said to Amanda, like, it's kind of chilly. Let's stand in the sun and let's stand off to the side so that we're not getting like, I don't want looks from anyone. We did have our masks with us, but I was kind of taking mine on and off, like on if we were near people, off if we were far away from people. I would say at this time there was probably like, I don't know, 20 to 25 people waiting outside, big groups, smaller groups. And so when we went to stand in the sun, we were standing kind of by the front door and there was a lot of people over by the front door. And where we were standing was inside the very first parking slot right outside of the front door. And every time a car would pull in, we would kind of move and we kept making comments or Amanda had said like, God, it would be such a jerk move if someone came and pulled into the spot because a ton of people were standing in that spot. She's like, just leave it open for us to wait in. But every time a car would pull in, we would kind of move out of the way and then they wouldn't end up parking there because it was just kind of like right front and center and a lot of people were waiting in that space. Well, it started to get warm and we could see that we were still ninth in line. So a bench opened up off to the side in the shade. And Amanda was like, let's go sit in the shade. She was like, I didn't bring any sunscreen. I was like, yeah, it's starting to get warm. So we go and we're sitting on the bench. And all of a sudden we, I don't know what we see or what we hear first. We hear a car going up over the curb. Well, in the, in the parking spot, there was like a, one of those cement things. A car goes up over that and we're simultaneously hearing tires spinning, children crying, and people screaming bloody fucking murder and I my heart starts pounding I stand up and I look and the car is gunning forward like it's still this person's foot is still on the gas and it's on the curb and people are screaming and hitting the car and I mean it is the most chaotic scary thing I've ever been a part of and like I said because the car hadn't stopped in my head This was some sort of attack, like this person was doing it on purpose. And so I look at Amanda and a crowd of people starts running our way. So we start running and we get kind of far away and we look behind us and the car has reversed back into the spot and people are still screaming. There were like a lot of kids, like 10 kids standing in the front where this parking spot was. And I'm talking four years old and younger. I mean, I'm shocked. I don't even know. I don't even know what to think. And I see everyone is around. There's plenty of people on their phones. People are holding their kids. We get a little closer and we realize none of the kids were hurt. Like people really sprung into action, picking up kids that they, that they were in their direct like line of sight that they could reach, like really got the kids off the ground. And what we know for sure is that an old lady was hit by the car. And we don't know what else like we couldn't I didn't I didn't want to crowd the scene and like get in the way. But kids are freaky. I mean, obviously, these kids are terrified. The cops get there immediately and everyone's like looking for the driver. And Amanda and I go back to the bench kind of just to sit down. It was like I said, it was pretty far out of the way. And this girl comes up to us and she's like, my my husband's a paramedic. Like he's over there right now. And he comes over and that's how we found out that it was an older lady that got like really hurt. We don't know if anyone else was was hurt. We don't know if the car went into the restaurant. It seemed like it did. But I didn't like I said, I wasn't going to go over there and be like taking pictures and figuring out what was going on. So the police officer comes over to us and I think he's going to ask us like, were we witnesses? And he says, do you think I can use this bench? And we were like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Yes. So we get up 
And he sits down with an older lady and this younger lady and the older lady has a boot on her foot. And he goes, "Okay, ma'am, are you under the influence of any drugs or alcohol right now? And like in a super raspy voice, she goes, no. And she's like, my dang boot got stuck. And that's when we realized she was driving. Her boot got she was her dominant foot was wearing the boot and it got stuck under the gas pedal or whatever. And so the police officer says, and you, ma'am, who are you? And she's like, I'm her caretaker. She's like, I work for blah, 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 blah. And my first thought is, why the fuck weren't you driving the car? And we're still like surrounded by people, even though we've moved off to the side. We're still there's this one little girl whose grandma clearly got got hit by the car. And she was like, is Mima going to be okay?" Like crying. And the dad's like, she's going to be fine. And oh, my God, it was heartbreaking. And so one of the employees from the restaurant comes out and said, you know, we're shutting down. Everyone leave. And Amanda and I were like, as if we'd stay and like eat, (laughs) eat breakfast here now. Like we just want to go home. And all the ambulances and fire department and everything start pulling in and kind of blocked Amanda's car in, which was okay because we needed a minute. Like I have never been so scared in my life because in the moment I thought that the person was doing it intentionally, like driving into a crowd of people. That's what it seemed like, but it's because her boot was stuck under the pedal. And like, I guess she couldn't get it out. So the car was just onward and upward, just plunging forward towards a crowd full of people. And some people were just pinned in the area and couldn't get out of the way. I mean, it was chaos chaos so Amanda was like let's I like we both were like I don't even want to be out in public right now I don't I want to be at home where it's safe so we picked up takeout bacon and butter and went home and the rest of the day like we had plans to get in the hot tub we just couldn't we couldn't even say anything to each other when we were driving we just kept saying I can't believe that happened we kind of talked about if it would be on the news which it wasn't I didn't think that it was going to be Amanda kind of thought that it was but I was like meh even the next day I didn't see anything and then we were talking about that old woman will definitely get charged with something, right? Who was driving the car, like even if it was an accident. We were talking about things like that, but we just could not. I, I mean, I, could, I still can't. I still not. I still cannot believe that it happened. We just had nothing to say. We went from like being excited to have brunch and like to hang out afterwards to we came home, ate our breakfast and Amanda left. She drove back to Fresno. Like we just didn't. I, I couldn't. There were, the energy was just sucked out of our world. I even went to the Waffle Experience Facebook page, the Folsom location the next day to see if anyone posted because I I want to know if that old woman's okay that got hit. Like how scary. You just think you're going to brunch with your family and you get hit by a car while you're waiting on a bench. And I remember the couple, it was an older man and an older lady that were sitting. That's who I'm assuming got hit right at the front because we were just standing right over there. And I remember she was sitting down. I think she had a cane with her. So, I mean, it just breaks my heart. And then, of course, after I posted about this, people were saying that they don't ever have good experiences at Waffle Experience. So even though I want to eat there and the food looks so amazing, I highly doubt after that, even though it had nothing to do with the actual restaurant, I just don't I don't think that I'll ever go back. Scary. And it felt weird to be so shaken up by it. I I can't explain it. It's just one of those things like I'm curious if me telling the story, if it sounds dramatic or if it sounds like crazy to you, like not that I need you to justify my feelings, but I just don't think that I can even put into words how scary it was. Like I hope that I'm getting across like how shaken up we were and how scary it was because it was I mean, it was terrifying. So hopefully that woman's okay. All I wanted to do is get brunch. Then like we were so scared on the drive home. I was like 10 and two, watch the road. Like, let's just get home. I like, it just makes you 
scared of the universe we we were just having like these really strange discussions on the way home amanda was like isn't it just crazy that we're in charge of like this this two-ton vessel we're just driving it at 60 miles an hour on the freeway i was like i don't even want to think about it we came home ate our breakfast watched saturday night live to try to lighten the mood it was not funny the episode with maya rudolph not one skit was funny to me. I was like, this is the, probably one of the worst SNL episodes I've ever seen. And then Amanda left. And then that was the end of the day. Felt mentally exhausted. Okay, I've been recording for a really long time. My clock says an hour and 22 minutes. Obviously, there's things I'm going to cut out and breaks that I've taken. But Benny probably needs his lunch. So bye. <laughs> Just kidding. Follow me at What the Chuck Podcast on Instagram for pictures of everything that I've talked about in this episode. Please share, write a review, tell a friend. Thank you guys for being here for episode 44. I will talk to you guys next week. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Instagram at What the Chuck Podcast.